you, and when I defang the viper, trust me, ain't gonna come from nowhere. Jeff, I already put you out. I don't even know why you're out here right now. Keep on talking. Hey, 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 do me a favor. Why don't you act like this is an AA meeting and you shut your mouth while I'm sharing with the crew? And Mustafa, you out here, a boy among men. And I'm gonna tell you what. You got lucky at the Rumble, so I know you're gonna come out here and run your mouth about how bad you are. But let me give you a little bit of a reality check. You see, Mustafa, you said that my eyes don't lie. Well, your eyes don't lie either, because last week, they were closed real tight when I put your simple ass to sleep. And AJ, hey man, be honest with me. How's our old girl Wendy doing? Welcome back to the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast. It's me, Hafiz, and with me as always is Devin, and we are going to recap both AEW Dynamite and NXT from last Wednesday. I'm going to be doing a combined show, kind of giving you a little bit of a different format, just giving you kind of our uh, best and worst from both of the shows, Um, just a general conversation. Um, It kind of felt like a lighter week a little bit when it came to both of the shows from my perspective. Um, pretty decent shows, like nothing bad really on the shows, but, um, I think because we're coming off of, you know, Great American Bash and Fighter Fest, like it was just such a great two week event for both of those shows that, you know, these last couple weeks, even though it was Fight for the Fallen, which even that one didn't really have that same, you know, impact for me, um, you know, it just feels like it's, it's kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm in this, like uh not hangover mode but just like just all right this it was a high and it was great but now it's like okay i'm just i'm just it's kind of chilling out a little bit so um that's just how i kind of felt about it great you know still solid shows from both companies but overall for me i was just like all right this is just this is okay you know we're doing all right we're starting to build up <laughs> we're starting to you know trying to plant the seeds for some yeah. stories going forward yeah. so yeah the action was definitely there uh, for both shows, I, I felt like, especially more on the AEW side with their whole uh, fall count anywhere from Young Bucks and uh, I, I like to call them uh, the Mr. Clean Brothers, <laughs> Butcher and the Blade. You know, it, it was good. Just out of nowhere, they were just cutting up meat. That's that's just for real. Okay, <laughs> that was weird. That was a little it bit was. weird. Like, were they part of the catering team? Yeah, right. I, I, I would like to know, like, they was just back there just cutting up meat. Kind of weird and just not a good look, you know? Cause, no, I mean, it wasn't, man. You just, yeah, like you said, you're part of catering. That's usually looked at as uh, you're not wrestling. So, you know, you're just back here just kind of chilling and watching. And, you know, it's because it's, we heard, like, MVP telling, uh, you know, Cedric Alexander, hey, you know, like, <laughs> we're in the hurt business and you're in the catering business because that's where you're going to be for the rest yeah. of the career, the way you're going. And, like, then you see these two guys cutting up meat. It's like, uh, okay, so... So yeah, to your point, I agree. It's kind of weird. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess AEW got a, a meat uh, factory butcher shop going on now slash catering business behind the scenes, right? <laughs> right, but the side hustle. Scenes. So you know, I guess that's theirs. <laughs> oh man, but um, yeah. So I guess uh, let's start with AEW. What what was some some uh, standout things that you wanted to kind of bring up here? Like what what caught your eye? Well, that, well, obviously that was one of the standouts right there when we was talking about the Young Bucks 
and uh, the Butcher and the Blade, or I like to call them the Mr. Clean Brothers. But I thought the match itself, I'll start with the match. I, I thought how it, it started, you know, how it started was cool. But what but what the Butcher and Blade was doing was just weird. You know, how you caught them in the act, just cutting up meat, random. Just no reason, no rhyme or reason for it. Almost a little bit WWE-ish right there. Uh, but the match, the action was there. They was just, you know, bumping all around the arena and they took it back to the, when they took it back to the ring, uh, it, it was all good. So I enjoyed the match, man. For, for me, it, it worked out for, you know, with tag team wrestling. Yeah. I, I'm going to say this. I'm going to stick up a little bit for WWE. We've never seen that happen before where somebody's cutting up meat to be literal about it. What you're saying, <laughs> I get the, the spirit of what you're saying. You know, Are like you just really randomness, there, bro? randomness, like, sure, there's random things that have happened in the history of WWE, but they've never had anybody like, you know, being a chef in there or like cutting up me. It was, it was just wow. weird. It was, it this was makes really me weird. want to fat check you right now to see if we're in the history of WWE. Has there any be a have been a random segment of, of just chopping up some meat? No, no. So, so. <laughs> Here, okay, now, you know, I'm going to preface this, kids. You know, I'm sorry, but we're going to, this is kind of going to be in a, you know, little bit R-rated kind of conversation we're going to talk about here. But for the WWE, back when Val Venus was still a thing. So Val Venus, uh, he was hitting on uh, one of the other superstars, girls, I forget who it was. And um, it was like this uh, this this uh, Asian crew. I forget. Oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, you know Val Venus, and he was a porn star. You know, so it was this, this thing. He's porn star slash ladies man. So um, you know he he got uh, caught by them or whatever. Like because he keeps trying to flirt with with old girl. So anyway, um, they basically captured Val Venus. They had him in the back in like the locker room area. Yep. They had stripped him down, buck naked, and they had like a like a, a big old naked. samurai sword. Yep. And so they were getting ready to chop off his peepee, choppy choppy his peepee is exactly how they were putting it. So in terms of being able, you know, that that whole situation, has there ever been a time where the WWE in the back you had people chopping up meat? That's the closest thing we ever got to that <laughs> that I can remember is when, uh, yeah, they tried to dismember Val Venus from his, his unit. So, you know, I'm just keeping it that. But, um, yeah, go ahead and, and, and fact check it. But, yeah, that one that one was, was a little bit – because, again, it's, it, it's, it goes to, like, the whole catering thing, right? Like, people just – you know, you, we've seen people eating backstage, you know, while like a big street fighter or whatever uh, backstage brawl is going on. But, yeah, that was that was one of a kind to to and a literal the guy who calls himself butcher, you know, yeah. like is actually cutting up meat. So, you know, it was what it was. Chopping up some meat, man. And, yeah. you know, they took their time and washed their hands. No, of course, thoroughly. <laughs> and went down to fisticuffs, man. It was it was weird. Completely random. It was weird. It was weird. <laughs> the only thing I'll say though is that Butcher in the matchup, you know, I felt like he kind of established himself a little bit as the power, or at least the Young Bucks helped to establish him as uh, as a force in terms of being a power guy. That okay, he could be a problem if he really unleashes. So that was kind of the positive for me in terms of just seeing him and as like, oh, that could be a good way to like tell their in ring stories a little bit more. Is that 
you know, he's this powerhouse. You know, I don't, I never really felt that with with Butcher. Like he's, I know he's a heavyweight, but he didn't, he didn't really feel like that. He just felt like, yeah. you know, it's just the Butcher and the Blade. They're a tag team. They got good chemistry. That's it. But in this matchup, for some reason, it kind of stood out that wait a minute, Butcher, like he's that power guy. Like he felt like more of the power guy in this matchup. And I think kudos to Young Bucks for really like just selling for him and and giving him that spotlight to to, to shine a little bit in the matchup. But yeah, overall, I thought the matchup was was cool, was fine. I think um, you know, for me, I just like story wise, I'm trying to figure out like you know when we talk about the Butcher and the Blade, like I'm I'm not sure what the where they're going, you know where where we go from from here with them. Um, they they keep trying to you know, weave them into stories here and there. You know, they were with the the Lucha Brothers a little bit when they stole uh, FTR's truck. Um, you know, here and there we'll see them, but they don't seem to have a concrete story. So I'm, I'm curious, like, what are the plans for them? Because I don't know where you go from here with them. Yeah, it seems to, seems to be they're in an interchangeable story with the Young Bucks and FTR. So, like, you know, that's a good call out right there. So I'm trying to see, like, how they're going to weave them in into the you know the next segment like what's going to happen next like maybe they need to just open up open up the doors and just do a tournament for the tag teams because it's just running so deep i think you have an issue right now when it's just too much talent and just not enough time yeah it could be or just you know i I think just to focus on like what stories you're telling for people they're they're trying Mm -hmm. to i feel like okay so I think the realization that I'm starting to have with AEW is that if like Cody has stories that they're always telling for him, they're, they're always telling some kind of story for Cody. They're always telling a story for Jericho. And right now they're trying to get into telling a story for John Moxley, although, you know, he's been away for a while. So it's been a little bit tough, but you know, he's a champion. He's defending his title. He's, he's got a target on his back. So you have stories going on with him, but for everybody else, I feel like, they're trying to figure stuff out, but some of these stories, they're not going all the way to completion, I feel. You know, like, there's just sometimes where I just feel like, okay, they, they're starting to tell a story, but I'm not sure where it's going. And then after a while, it's just not really talked about anymore. Like, we, we um, for a oh, while yeah. there, we're talking about um, Brandy Rhodes, for instance, and, you know. The she, Nightmare Collective family. That exactly. That has supposedly been disbanded now. Right, but it just kind of happened. Like, there was no explanation for what happened with that. Um, Adam Hangman Page and his quote-unquote drinking problem. Like, that just kind of stopped after a while. Yeah. Like, it was going strong. You know, they kept, you know, showing him. Every, he, he would When the crowd went away, basically, that story went away, you know, is, is what I noticed. Um, but, yeah, it's like, where, where did that go? So, I think that, you know, they what AEW does for the most part is... They're just spitballing. They're just trying stuff out. And sometimes things stick for them and sometimes they don't. But it seems like more often than not, you know, the major players, again, Cody, um, you know, uh, I would say right now, John Moxley for sure, Jericho, like they, there's a lot of time and thought put into their stories, which is fine. That's cool. Yeah. But for everybody else, I feel like the stories, they tend to, they start a story. But I don't necessarily see them finishing these these stories or really having a clear direction as to where they're going. Yeah. Well, now they have one for one of their uh, future talents, which is Darby Allen. He's kind of intertwined with uh, with John Moxley now. Yeah. Okay. So that one is interesting because 
what makes sense is he has issues with Taz, right? Well, yeah. Like Taz, you know, he was gonna, he wanted to, you know, give him pointers and tips after he had that, you know, bonehead mistake against Cody where he basically pinned himself. And then, you know, Darby was basically telling him, you know, go kick rocks. I'm, I'm good. I don't need your help. You know, and then Taz goes out and, you know, gets uh, this guy, Brian Cage, and uh, costs him his shot at the title in that ladder match. Darby Allen's injured. Finally, he's back now. And, yeah, him and, and uh, Brian Cage have issues. So, you know, I see what you're saying with John Moxley a little bit. Like, they're, they may have, like, a, a partnership, kind of like a the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but even that, though, I'm, I'm curious. I'm going to be watching closely to see where we go with this for, for Darby because, I mean, it could be something. There is it, The story kind of writes itself, but... They also, I mean, they had a story with him and Cody for a little bit, too, and that just kind of, like, disappeared, so, yeah. Well, you see what they're kind of morphing into for Darby Allen because it started how the story intertwined with Brian Cage and John Moxley. Now they now they enter, they have uh, Ricky Starks. He, he's in the mix now with uh, Darby Allen because I guess he had a problem with him with A.W. Dark, which they did bring up that segment from last night. Keep us informed about you know what, what what's up with the beef between the two, which I, I appreciate. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, man. Well, I was just gonna say that. I mean, that though, I feel like it's kind of um, it's making the story a little bit more complicated than it has to be because really, I think the beef it's clear. Like, there's a solid story that could be told between Darby, Taz, and Brian Cage, and now bringing this other person into their beef. It's like, okay, is he the person that Darby has to go through before he gets to Brian Cage? And then, if so, you know, what's his name? Uh, Sparks? Ricky Stark. Ricky Stark, sorry. Um, that he's basically like, okay, he's he's like the fourth wheel in the storyline. That's cool. I mean, that gives him something. So for him, that's not bad. But for, for Darby, in terms of telling a story that we're really engaged in, I don't know. Like, I feel like I, I want to see the Darby Taz Brian Cage story and that's it and just you know this other person being there I'm like ah you know it's it's cool but let's let's stay focused on on that that main story because that I think is the money story yeah yeah you're you're right man uh but I, I am it does pique my interest though with Ricky Starks because I did like his debut against Cody Rose so with him seeing seeing him in the mix with Taz and Brian Cage I'm like all right let me see what he can do and then then I'll lay my judgment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see, man. I mean, like I said, I think for for Ricky, he's it's it's good for him. You know, mm-hmm. there's no there's no negative for him. Like him getting on TV, you know, just he's he's kind of a fresh face still for a lot of people watching at, at AEW that you know don't know him from the other indie scenes. Like it's it's great for him to get on TV in any capacity. So for him, it's positive. But you know, for Darby, for telling the story for Darby, like I'm I'm sitting here watching this and I'm just like. Okay, he's gonna fight this dude, or is he fighting Brian Cage? Like, because I really want to yeah. see him fight Brian Cage. I kind of like, want to see him fight Brian Cage for this FTW title because, as they were describing the FTW Championship, and you know, just you know, a guy who I don't know, it just kind of fit Darby Allen. Just as like when Taz talks about the title, when you know, you have uh, the the commentators talking about the title, like the type mm-hmm. of person that would have that belt. It's like. 
yeah, Darby kind of fits the, the way they're describing it. So I'm 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 interested in seeing that happen and like let's just get into that and them cutting promos on each other and you know give me some give me some thought that this is what's going to happen because right now it actually is starting to feel like yeah he's going to fight this this Ricky Starks guy and then that might be the storyline for for a while I don't know and then you know Brian Cage and John Moxley are going to have a rematch or something um you know I don't know it's just kind of a little bit confusing I, I like the long game but at the same time I don't know that I'm not losing trust necessarily in them in the long game with all these stories, but again, with with Jericho, with Cody, with John, sure, I believe like they're gonna do it, but they have dropped some of these other stories on the side too. So we'll, you know, we'll. Right, just they to are see. starting to make a pattern. Yeah. So you know, so it's you know, it's it's a good point out right there. Yeah. To show some alarm right there. What did you think of um, Eddie Kingston? Uh, got a good mouthpiece, but I can care less about his wrestling. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Okay. He, he had a great mouthpiece. Uh, I believe he, they said he was a former manager for against Ortiz and Santana. Mm-hmm. And when they said that, I, I was like, man, why not again? Like I could see him do that job right now and he will be perfect. Uh, you know, have him be part of the inner circle, be that mouthpiece for the inner circle, even though it's Chris Jericho, but you know, you got, uh, Eddie uh, Kingston, man, I thought he was had a phenomenal job of just running his mouth against Cody, but his his wrestling was okay for me, man. Yeah, I like that he brought up the thumbtacks. That was cool. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I was watching it with my daughter, she was like, "What's that?" Yeah, I was like, "Oh, I think those are thumbtacks." And yeah, he pulled them out, and they did the spot. I was like, "Ooh, it made me jump up, make me squeeze, squeamish a little bit." I was like, "Ooh, man." So yeah, yeah good spot, good spot. Yeah. Yeah, I thought, I mean, so I agree with you that on the mic, man, the promo work was great. It was very real. You know, like he just kind of, he's very natural, very uh, confident on the mic. So, you know, put a microphone in his hand. You know, it'd be interesting to see him and MJF kind of on opposing sides somehow. I mean, they're both heels, but (laughs) to have them go at it on the microphone, I'd be real curious how that would go. Yeah, Just, you know, I think that'd be real fun. But, uh, yeah, I, I want to see more of him. Um, his wrestling, I didn't have a problem with the wrestling. I get what you're saying, though. Like, he's he's more just like... Uh, it was nothing special about it. Yeah. Like, ooh, I need to see more about Eddie Kingston. Like, all, it, only thing that made me want to see, I just want to see him more on the mic. Right. Like, that was it. That's where it stopped for me. Like, I didn't want to see him more in the ring. I guess where... The only way reason why I would disagree with you is because I think the story that he could tell being so good on the microphone would make his matches more interesting, you know, because if he's talking all that shit and he, he has to back it up. Right. And so it, yeah. I'd be curious to see how he's going to try to do that or how this guy that, you know, he's talking smack to is going to shut him up. Like that's, that's the way that his matches can be more interesting is because the stories going into those matches, if they really allow these stories to play out um, for, for him, it would the story would be what makes the match interesting, you know. If you get this really compelling promo work back and forth, like sometimes, you know, the wrestling in the ring, it could be very basic, very like rest hold filled, punch kick, drop kick, basic kind of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But because there's so much drama, there's so much beef, there's so much tension between the wrestlers, it's just interesting. So I, 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 I would say this, that just like if there's no build up to the match, nah, I'm not going to really care about seeing the matchups with him in it going forward. But if they allow him to have matches where beforehand there's, you know, he had talked a lot of smack about somebody or there's been a little bit of buildup and like they're going if you could back it up. Right. Then I'd be more interested in saying like, OK, I want this dude to shut him up or hell. Yeah, he was funny as hell on the microphone. And I want to see, you know, how this goes now, on the you know, in the ring. So, yeah, I think for him, it's, he's kind of a different thing, um, you know, when it comes to the wrestling. Like it won't just be because of how he works. It's, it's the storytelling. Okay, I, I can see that, but I don't know if it's something different when it comes to wrestling because I, I think that was the reason why it didn't work for me. I didn't, I didn't think his wrestling was anything special. Like I get it, what he was trying to do, you know, back up what he what he was talking about. Like I, I loved his his promo. His promo was was good. It stood it stood out to me. Yeah. So that that part works, but his wrestling, I don't know. Maybe it was the whole body type. Like it reminds me of Kevin Owens. So I already seen this type of wrestler before mm-hmm. so maybe it, it doesn't you know wrestling wise it doesn't stick out to me it doesn't do anything to me but you know uh give it time we'll see yeah yeah we'll see we'll see i just thought i'd bring him up because i thought his promo was great and i'm i'm interested because i think that story wise storytelling wise and that seems to be a big theme right now but um for for this conversation but um story wise i think there could be some really interesting potential with him because of how good he is on the mic and how real he is and just you know he can he can ad lib and just kind of you know go off the cuff you know no script needed for sure with him and if you can get him going back and forth with another great talker if you will that man i think it could be it could be really interesting i think think it'd be really something where people are just like anticipating matches because there's just you know so much so much hype so much beef so much you know shit talking that happened basically because the build is is good sometimes the build could just could be so so good right better than a match exactly exactly (laughs) time yeah (laughs) um so what what what's going on here with uh kenny omega is he turning heel what's going on I, I don't know, man. I think that's just the saying blood in him. You know, he's still in the heat of battle. That's what I thought. That's what I took it as. So I'm yeah. like, bro, you just you still got to calm down. Still powered up from Super Saiyan, man. He just can't power down that easy. <laughs> you know, because he still wanted to throw around and still punch yeah. on uh, MJF. What was that, a week ago? Yeah. And I was like, really? Okay. Huh. And he, it was funny, too. He was like, it's part of the match. It's part of the match. And Luchasaurus was like, that's the issue. The match was over. <laughs> right. Exactly. I was so, like, yeah. You know, it hit in a moment. All right. Yeah, because I just, I, I, I was like, man, what's going on? You know, and he, he was like, that's not very sportsmanlike. You know, when he was, he was like talking to himself. And I'm just like, what, what, what's happening? So, yeah, man, it was, it was, it was interesting. It was interesting to see. And I guess my question to you would be, would do you want to see Kenny Omega turn heel or do you think he should stay face or like, what, what do you think? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know, man. I never really thought of honestly, like Kenny Omega as a true face more, maybe more as a tweener. Uh, that's, that's just what, that's just because based on his wrestling style. That's how, what, what it speaks to me. Like, it's not face, it's not heel, but it's tweener, though, because he's just so freaking aggressive. 
you know, with the V trigger, the way he, the way he, uh, he does his, his, uh, body slams, anything like that. So, so yeah, man. Um, uh, hmm. But a heel, no, a face, no, it would just be Twinner, man. Yeah. For me, he's, I don't know. I f- I see him as a face right now. You know, uh-huh. I, I get your perspective of seeing him more as a Twinner, but you know, to me, he just seems like, you know, he's he's a good guy. He's not um, he hasn't really done anything that to me before this, you know, like the extra being extra towards Marco stunt, you know, in that in that matchup at the end there or after the matchup, I should say. Um, he hadn't done anything to me to say, like, OK, like he's he's crossed the line here. I mean, he had some issues with FTR, but, you know, yeah, FTR, like that. it's yeah. it's what it is with them. They, they they you know, it's like a friendly rivalry so far. Um, but I think that a uh, heel Kenny, just seeing that, it kind of made me want to see it. Like I, I, I go back to like some of the stuff he used to do in Japan, and yeah. I kind of want to see that here. And I think John Moxley actually would really benefit from a heel Ooh, Kenny. I think that's what John needs. Kenny. Yeah, I think John Moxley needs that version. He needs the cleaner. He needs like the, the cleaner's heel. taking that title off of John. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. A hundred percent. I I would pick him. I would pick him. But I think John that's that's would be good for him. Yeah. I think going against a heel Kenny Omega, losing to heel Kenny Omega, and then having to like figure that out or like re rebound, rebuild, if you will, you know, after losing to Kenny Omega, you know, the heel Kenny, and then them just taking it up a notch, getting more hardcore, more extreme each time, you know, they face each other. Um, but yeah, I would just love to see Kenny just go off. And I, you know, in terms of, so do you think like Kenny and Adam Hangman page would turn heel together then? No, I think Adam Hangman page is going to stay face. I think if anything, they would split. And I think the thought this whole time has been when they split, you know, what's going to happen more than likely would have been like Adam Hangman Page being the one to turn heel because he's had issues with Matt and Nick, specifically Matt, it looked like maybe more so, um, you know, within the elite. And he had left the elite, but then they keep trying to make him, you know, like be a part of everything they're doing. But um, I think that he's so over, you know, that it makes sense to... To, to, and it, it almost seems like if it would have happened, it would have been too obvious and I'd have been like, oh, come on. Like people, you know, because he had the drinking problem, quote unquote, now nah, he's going to be the villain. Like, no, nah, that's just that just felt something about that felt lame. But, you know, and they to, did tease that, like maybe he'll turn on him. Right. Exactly. Some awesome tag team match when they had that tag match. Yeah, they they retained and then he was on the outside. Right. So. Um, I'm glad they didn't, and I think that going forward, I would rather Adam Hangman Page stay a face and Kenny be the one to turn. Um, that that I think would be more interesting, and just to see that in AEW, I think it would just be it would be awesome. So it'd be a sight to see, man. You would truly be the Dark Prince. I'll call him straight up Vegeta if he become if he if he becomes heel. Yeah, that would be my new nickname, Vegeta. Yeah. Yeah, Vegeta Adam. No, I'm sorry. I'm about to say Vegeta Adam. Hangman Page, Vegeta, Kenny Omega. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I I would be so for that. I think it'd be great. I mean, Kenny Omega, heel or face, he's great overall. Like he's just so fun to watch, you know. So it, it doesn't. If it didn't happen, it wouldn't be the end of the world. But them teasing it like that, it just made me kind of want to see it. So I would be I'd be for them turning him if they did. Um, so you took that as a tease? Yeah, I did. 
I did. I took that as a. Uh, <laughs> I, I okay. took it as he's still, he, you know, he's still, you know, in the heat of the moment, man. Nah, that was that was way. Blood still man. boiling, you know, still still in the war battle. <laughs> but it just seems so random. Like if you just do that, like he just it, yeah, randomly yeah. beating down Marco Stunt. Like why? Like it just because it's Marco Stunt. That's why. Yeah, but that doesn't. So bullying is okay. Like no, that's just that's a heel move. Oh. Well, yeah, that's true. Really. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Lance Archer just, you know. Like, oh, he's little. I'm just going to toss him around and, you know, punch him in the face a couple times. No big deal. It's a huge deal. He's a person. <laughs> <laughs> hey, come on. So, yeah, that's just, just, um, just wanted to bring that up because I thought that was an interesting little, little moment yeah. there for them. Um, MJF just beating down this dude, Griff Garrison. Yeah, I was just about to ask you that. Yeah, he he just he beat him down, man. Like there really wasn't even much to to describe, and nothing to break down in it. He he whooped that dude's ass, man. Whooped his ass, he because he said he wasn't undefeated. Yep. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, I'm not what? <laughs> and Griff tried. He tried to to be tough up until the end, because you know he kept asking, like, you know, say I'm undefeated. He's like, no. And then <laughs> he just now, yep. And MJF just kept laying into him, and then he yeah. cracked finally. He's like, "Okay, okay, you're undefeated. You're undefeated." I'm like, "Oh man, really, really?" So yeah, so that happened. So, uh, but yeah, MJF man, he he did work. He got his he 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 said, "Put some respect on my name, basically." And that's what that was about. Put some respect oh, yeah. on my name. So. My my question is, did he need that? Like, what did this do for his character that we didn't know already? I think they just don't have... You know, this, this I think, honestly... It felt like very just flatline. I don't think they have anything for MJF. Mm. I don't think they have anything for MJF. Don't story. say that. No, I, I, it's what it is. Not for, the salt, he, not for he, the salt of the earth? This dude, why? Why? And he's making his case, like, look... I'm undefeated, and yet, where are my title shots? For real. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So, I think he's just kind of trying to create his own story, and they're just like, okay, yeah, give him some jobber, and like, let's just keep having him squash people and be on the microphone and be on television, because he definitely should be on TV, but they don't want to put him against Cody, they don't want to put him against John. so, I, I don't know. This, and it doesn't feel like this is something with a long-term like plan in mind. It's just right. like, let's just do something because we don't want to pay him to sit on the sideline. And he's so it's, good. I feel like they're just going by week by week. Exactly. You know? Exactly. You know, it, just be, be, it might be something totally different. It yeah. might be. Yeah. Because even the Wardlow thing, like they, don't, they haven't addressed that yet either. Nah, like, man. He and Wardlow had issues. So Yeah. I'm just, you know. This is not to say that, oh... Like he calls him to get that blemish. You know, right. That's the reason why Garrison said you're not undefeated. Didn't you lose in the tag team? Right. So why not, you know, use that for a story between him and Warlow? Throw some, you know, plant some seeds. It would make sense, but then I just... Maybe they're questioning... Because I think you brought it up, like, you don't want to see... Or you can't see them splitting up yet. And I was saying, not splitting up yet, but like plant some seeds, though. Like you know, it won't have to be anytime soon, but you know, just make it a slow build, right? Slow process, right? Which me, I, I was ready to just see him like go ahead and let's 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 almost we have to address it 
you know, and Wardlow just kind of standing there and still being the, the quiet bodyguard just kind of felt feels a little bit wrong. Like he, he had a breakout moment in that matchup. And then, you know, MJF called him an idiot basically to his to his, his face for not being able to do anything right. Then he accidentally punched Wardlow in the face. Like, I feel like Wardlow should have they should have hatched it, hashed it out. You know, they should have had some kind of conversation, you know, on camera for us to be able to see like, okay. They're trying to work it out, but there's issues there. So, yeah, I just and now not doing anything. It just feels like, all right, maybe it, it almost feels like they're they're losing that that momentum for what that storyline could be. They could pick it back up again, but it's just. Yeah. I wonder. I don't know, man. Are, are, are they like kind of stuck right now? The, the, the creative process. With some of their talent, they don't know what to do with some of the mid card. I that again, I think I feel like that's the theme of what we're talking about here with this yeah. with, with AEW because yeah, the, at the top they've got it figured out. I feel like exactly that, that's, yeah, the, the the stories are there, but yeah. everybody right. else yeah. it just seems like they're just kind of almost making it up as they go or just kind of going with the you know, day to day, you know, it's like, all right, whatever we feel like works today, let's just go ahead and do it. It might be a bigger, there might be a bigger plan, but it doesn't feel that way. And hopefully it pays off and we see that, oh yeah, this is, this all makes sense now. But you know, it it feels like we're just constantly waiting and waiting and waiting for that, for those moments. Like Sean Spears, they keep trying to do stuff with Sean Spears. I don't don't know, man. (laughs) You know, like the glove, he was supposed to get a tag team partner. None of that, has gone anywhere. It's just, yeah. Uh, he's. I guess he's been popular on, on AEW Dark, but you know, Dark is not dynamite, you know, right? <laughs> Dark is not where it's hot. I'm sorry. I don't. Mm. I don't watch it all the time. I watch right. a lot of wrestling. Right. You know. Right. I just assimilated a lot of wrestling on. What was it? Oh my god! Sunday. Yeah, Sunday, man. Because I started with SmackDown. Kind of no. Partially finished the end of Raw. Started with SmackDown, finished NXT, end up, then finished with the horror story. <laughs> the horror story. Oh my god, man! <laughs> man, we'll get into that for sure. That's yeah, but um, yeah, man. I mean, it, it, there is a lot of wrestling out there. Then you know, if you're one, you're, if you're the type of person that's going to go and watch Impact, New Japan, ROH, and Adding on to that, Raw, SmackDown, AEW, NXT. Like, now you're saying, I got to go and watch this thing called Dark, you know, on YouTube or whatever, on your website. Like, man, it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot, you know. And I love wrestling, but, yeah, yeah. just, <laughs> I got limits, too, you know. Like, I got exactly, I got, I got a job, you know. Mm-hmm. I got things to do. Yep. I got a livelihood, sir. <laughs> right. A little tough. A little Family tough. to support. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. So I, the stories for the people at the top, we see it for some of the other ones. Like, I mean, you know, Britt Baker, they have that continuing, you know, fun, entertaining yeah. segments you're, that you they do what for they're her. Doing with her. Even with like even being injured. Right. You know, having surgery and still having a segment. It's it, it's great for her. But, you know, like I said, man, you know, like like we said, what about the mid card? Right. And even with Britt, like, I hope. That this leads to her becoming women's champion. Mm-hmm. Because if it doesn't, it's almost like, okay, this was kind of like, you know, you had, it was entertaining, it was fun, but, you know, ultimately, you kind of, it's a waste of momentum 
if it doesn't lead to her having a championship matchup. It has to lead to that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it has it, to lead to what's that. the point if it doesn't? Like, she has earned that just oh, with the promo work. Yes. Just with these segments, she has earned having a championship matchup. That's, let's just let's just get – once she gets healthy, that's where we need to be headed. Just – just, just give her. I get it that um, you know Nyla Rose, you know, is is teamed up with Vicky Guerrero now. I, I get it. Call that. I could have called right, that, though. right. <laughs> so that's and that's cool, you know. And I love seeing like I think the pairing between the two of them can work, and that's great. But man, what Britt Baker has been doing, I think that to me is just it's it's worth so much more. Oh, yeah, you know, it's been to, something special, like something yeah. you can build a brand with, right. Right. I feel like they need to with with Vicky and with Nyla, you kind of are okay, you're starting that run now. Whereas with Britt, she's been on that run already. So you gotta go with her. And then, you know, have have Nikki and have or uh Vicky and Nyla kind of just run rough shot on the locker room for a while, you know, and just be those bullies you know, for the women's locker room just for, you know, weeks and months, you know, uh, while Britt um, does her thing. Sure. Yeah. By the way, can't Vicky say excuse me? There's no, like... Yeah, that's weird. That <laughs> just... <laughs> WWE wouldn't have did some right. kind of copyright to make sure I she know. couldn't... I'm like, she could say that? That's weird. Well, I don't she know. She worked something out because I know she's a smart businesswoman too, so when she was able to uh, trademark that... If she could, good for her, man. Good for yeah. If she yeah. did, smile on her. Good for her. Yes. Because yeah, to, yeah, the fact that she was saying that, I was like, oh excuse man. me, oh. and then it got the dubstep remix. Excuse me. Right. I was like, okay, okay, all right, Vicky. Oh man, good to see her though. Good to see Vicky. Yeah. So so the return of Sammy Guevara happened on this show too. So it was kind of interesting. Just uh, he was he was there the whole time as that lucha lucha yeah. uh, wrestler, and you what was know, his name? I, I don't remember the the name of the character that he was he was, he was portraying there. But um, El Pitico, I think it was something like that. It was something close to Pentagon, but it was like El Pitico. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. We could look it up and then maybe yeah. bring that up before we're done. Oh, but yeah, um, yeah, just. To me, that was it. Was interesting, you know, seeing him back, um, having him back in the the inner circle. wasn't sure. I mean, he's been dealing with uh, suspended just for his conduct outside of wrestling. So, you know, that's it is what it is uh, in terms of that. Um, but him being back there, returning, um, you know, it was it was a it was a moment for sure for AEW for the inner circle, and now for that, I think they're going to be doing what a, a ten man tag now between. Um, I think it's best friends, Orange Cassidy, um, and who are the two other ones? I think it's uh, the Jurassic Express guys, right? It's um, yeah, yeah, Luchasaurus Jurassic and Jungle Boy. Yeah, yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. So another stadium st- stampede match, maybe stadium hey, stampede hey, too. <laughs> it might. I'm with that. I'm, I'm seeing what Orange Cassidy gonna pull out. You know. Well, there will I, be orange juice apparently. Oh yes, it just has to be orange juice. Got orange juice on Chris Jericho's seven thousand dollar jacket. Yep, oh, that was man. great. That was great. That yeah. was great. That was a great moment. Yeah, him doing commentary with it, and you know what? Shout out to uh, <laughs> uh, what's his what, the dude on the commentary that wears a mask? I can't. Even, 
think of oh. his name. Oh, um, oh man, that's another one here. Just we'll keep going. We, we know what you're talking about, but yeah, keep, yeah, keep yeah, going. yeah. I'll, yeah. Pick, I'll yeah. pull it up. Okay, yeah. So he was having a field day with that. Because I guess, he, you know, Chris Jericho was pissed off. He was like, I don't want to see the replay. I don't want to see, see, see any of that. You know, now, and because cause, uh, I think he kicked off uh, even a promo about Excalibur, that. Excalibur, by the way. Excalibur, that's right. That's right. That's right. Thank you, Excalibur. Yes. How can I forget about a name like that? Like that? <laughs> anyway, Chris Jericho was talking about uh, his promo talking about how he's the demo god now because you know even though they're gonna put that on t-shirt i know it. yeah even though in the ratings war nxc has been pulling out but they haven't been pulling out in the key demographic mm-hmm. 18 to 49 which is key i didn't know and so <laughs> i think he's reaching there man i kind of cringed when he said it i was like really jericho really He's like, yeah, you guys don't know how ratings work. So, what's it? You may have gotten the overall numbers, but what's important is that key demographic, eighteen to forty-nine. Oh, man, I'm the demo god. I was like, uh, Jericho, I love you, but shut up right now, man. Dude, I, I I was laughing. I was tears. I was in tears. I had to pause. I had to pause the show right there because when he had deemed himself the demo god, I straight up paused it right there. I was like. I gotta take a laughing break because oh. <laughs> my stomach hurts too much. It was it was awesome, man. <laughs> and then so when Chris Jericho comes back to to the commentary, do his job, you know, uh, Excalibur is having a field day with that because Chris Jericho said he just doesn't want to see the doesn't want to see the replay. And then Excalibur made a comment. It's like you know what, eighteen to forty nine demographics like to watch replays. So he throws the replay of Chris Jericho getting doused with the orange juice by uh, Orange Cassidy bad. So he, I, I was just having, I was just laughing my ass off with that man. <laughs> I think um, to go back to another uh, question that we had about the the name of the character that he was, that Sammy Guevara was uh, yeah. Serpentico. Oh, Serpentico. Serpentico. Right. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, Jericho, the the demo god. Hey, man, like I said, put that on a t shirt because yeah. you know anything Jericho says, it's just so like it's money. Just it's money. It's money. It's instant money, instant cash. AW still. I mean, they they have thanked him a couple times, but every time he says something new, I feel like they owe him a whole new thank you. Cause yeah, that man, he's he's just <laughs> man. He, he's a machine when it comes to just just finding ways demo to help them make god. money. Yes. <laughs> Who else? Yeah, Chris Jericho, man. Yeah. Wow. Black he's awesome. Cash. He's the real MVP, man, when it comes to AEW. He really is. He's doing it all, man. Whenever he gets on commentary, I get so happy. Uh, you know, just getting ready to hear him on commentary and the oh, yes. stuff he says, the excitement he has. And he calls it. He, I mean, he gives people props. You know, you think, oh, he's the heel. He's going to, you know, be down, you know, uh, bad talking people. Bro. Yeah, no, he's giving people props. Yeah, he, he put Marco Stunt over, too. He, he did. He, he insulted him and, he, <laughs> and put him over at the same time. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was bad as hell that Marco was making fun of what happened yeah. with Jack Coleman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, okay. He's got a beating coming him, <laughs> too. Oh, for real, man. I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> man, Chris Jericho checking receipts. Yep, yep, 100%. <laughs> 
Oh, man. So, yeah, man. Good times always watching Chris Jericho and listening to Chris Jericho and commentary and everything he's doing. He's just killing it. Um, want to give a quick shout out to Diamante and Ivalice. Mm. Um, they had a cool matchup on the on this episode as well. Um, they both um, came out, you know, just looking just hard as hell with the bandana uh, oh, yeah. look, you know. And I was just like, man, who are these two two right. wrestlers? I'm all instantly right. I was, I was it's like a little Mia Yim action going. On. I was like, okay, yeah. all right. So, you know, and they got out there and they did their thing and uh, Diamante. And it was also like a little like Cuba versus Puerto Rico type thing going on because they both had the flags in their videos. And I think they both came out with the flags, too, in their entrances. Um, So, yeah, man, that was that was cool to see. And just them highlighting women's wrestling like that in AEW was cool. Hikaru Shida in the crowd just kind of um, looking at the competition. She called out the competition, too, and said, hey, if anybody thinks that they deserve a, a shot, Show me, you know, like, prove it to me, like, like go out there and put on a show. And so that was cool. And then these two went out there and, and uh, you know, Jr. and then we're mentioning that, that she had kind of called out the women's division. So, yeah, man, I thought it was a, it was a cool moment just to see two um, kind of new ish. I mean, I know some people out there, you know, they're going to know them from the NBC, no but for AW, that was the first time that I had seen both of them wrestle. And it was it was really cool. So I just wanted to give them a shout out before we close the AEW section of um of this conversation here but any any uh, thing you want to add to that oh yeah man i thought the ladies did good and the commentary did well of giving us a thorough background of what these ladies come from and they had previous bouts before too so there wasn't like you know this is a debut against each other as well they had previous bouts before this aew promotion so i appreciate that as well they teamed so up understood too, is what he was yeah saying. teamed up too yep they said they teamed up too so that was cool man though of the background history of that but i wanted to ask you man you know because we forgot to mention but we had talked about last week got in a debate was it what was it a couple of weeks ago about brody a couple lee. of weeks yeah about brody lee how he should have approached like you know the big main stars like adam hayman page or kenny omega all right we saw that yeah. You know, after Adam Hamming Page had him with Allen Angels or number five, you know, like yeah. to call him. <laughs> and he approached him. So what, what do you think about that, man? You know what? Honestly, as I'm thinking about it right now, I'm kind of disappointed in Brody Lee because he put it in. There's no pleasing you, I swear. No, because here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> I, when he when he was talking to Adam Hangman Page, I'm like, okay, this is what I'm talking about. If you're going to yeah. put the effort in. You know, to try to recruit somebody, you know, that much effort like you put into Coke Cabana, put that into someone like a hangman page, someone on that level. And then I can buy into this whole like weeks and weeks. And now we're getting on months of trying to recruit somebody. Right. Mm-hmm. The disappointing part I have is that it seems like he's given up already. Like hangman page said no <laughs> one time and he's just like, OK, you're going to regret that. Just like, wait, what? You put in all this time to Coke Cabana and Hangman Page, who right now he's on fire. He's a tag team champion. You know, he just won his. He doesn't how need can you, you clearly. How can you take that segment as he is over and done with it already, man? Really? You don't think because he t- following week he's not going to try to set him up and try to make him rethink about his decision? They already basically attacked him face to face. Like his his guys had to come in and basically save him, you know, from the from the beatdown. It this oh, yeah. that didn't look like recruiting. It looked like okay, I'm done with you, you know. By the and then you got um, Cole Cabana just up there, kind of like like I don't even know what he's doing. I don't. He, I still don't know if he's in 
the Dark Order, and that's the part I, that I even, think he's in. But I think more. I think he's being groomed though. He's in the grooming role. I, I could tell now. It I didn't tell at first, but now I'm like, oh, he's being groomed by Brody Lee. Personally, being groomed by Brody Lee. Well, I hope you're right because it feel to me. I don't. I didn't get that. I still feel like they're still trying to convince him that yeah, just we want you to sign the dotted line. Like it feels like he he hadn't <laughs> signed that contract yet. I know. And they're they're just trying to butter him up some more. I can't you know, make him that. feel loved a little bit. Yeah. You know, and I'm just I can't defend that. I can't. Ugh. I can't. I got no reason to to defend that. I have no rebuttal for that. So. <laughs> you know what I'm <laughs> like, At all. Just what is going on, man? Sign on the dotted line. Get your mask on and let's yep. go. <laughs> yeah. Totally agree. Totally agree with that, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then we can move in. We can get somebody else. Now let's keep the recruit going. Let's keep yeah. building this empire. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they should. Maybe you should be the leader, man. <laughs> I'm just saying. I would have been like, look, what? What? You said, all right, you out. Like Cole Cabana. If he says no once, I'm, no, we're done. He's getting his beat down. Let's move on. But Adam Hangman Page. Oh no, we're. This is going to be a full blown recruitment. Like he's a blue chipper, you know. Like this is a college recruitment type of thing. I'm sending gifts. I'm sending like all sorts of stuff Cause, to him. Yeah, because good point. Because look at Chris Jericho when he was trying to recruit John Moxley into the inner circle. Yeah. This dude laid out the red carpet right. for him. <laughs> yeah, this man a car like that car. You know how Jericho oh with his God. money, man. Like, yeah, yeah. Seven thousand dollar jacket. That car right there, man, meant a lot for him to say, "Hey, I'm giving you these keys. This is yours." Like you said, re- rolled out the red carpet, just did everything trying to get this man to to be a part of the inner circle. You know, they and everybody, all the other members too, were doing their part to try to recruit him, to try to make him feel like, "Hey, we want you to be a part of this." So, yeah, man, that effort. And, and for someone at, at that prestige level, it makes sense. So with Brody Lee and Adam Hangman Page, just like, okay, that's what this could have been, you know. And, and it doesn't, it feels like he just got fed up immediately. Like, what? You said no? Oh, no. Get him, guys. I'm like, Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. On, yeah. Uh, I think he, I think next week he'll. He might get some payback. He, it might be a backstage segment with him and Adam Hangman Page. It got to be. We'll see. We'll see. But then also, too, it's a, it's a double-edged sword because if he does do that, now, again, with the theme of story that we've been talking about, the story that Adam Hangman, Hangman Page has with FTR, does that make sense anymore if he is getting recruited by by uh, the Dark Order, and then you have FTR, which seems like that might be his little faction that he has well, yeah. in the league. Well, yeah. yeah. You know, That's I true. just... It, if, it, like, I hope we don't drop that because it, it seems like it's it's ha- there's a slow build to that going on. Yeah. Um, but like He might know. have his, like, you know, uh, be elite faction, like Adam Hangman Page, ha- not Adam, like uh, Kenny Omega has with the Young Bucks. Exactly, exactly. They, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, they're the elite, you know, or they're the, I forget what they're, they're if they, do they have a name outside of the elite for those three? No, I think it's just the elite. Or- because the elite is the whole crew, like with Cody and all of them. No. Oh, is it? No, is it? I that, thought it was just a three, though. The as elite. far as I've understood it, like because Adam Hangman Page has technically been a part of the elite, but then he left the elite. 
he didn't want to be a part of the lead anymore, even though they're still he's still technically part of the lead. But he, he was in it, and then he then he was out. He was like, "Look, I don't want to be a part of this anymore." And that's where like the beef was kind of you know happening. I think you're right. Him and Matt and Nick. So yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Like he wanted to focus more on himself, and yeah. So I don't know because there's been a lot of little mini factions. Like um, when Adam Cole was you know with them with the Bullet Club, then Adam Cole. And the Young Bucks had their own little faction for a little bit, too. Um, so, anyway, I, I see Adam Hangman Page and FTR. Because I kind of see FTR being a part of the elite when this is all said and done. And, you know, them being with on the Adam Hangman Page side of the elite. Where mm. Kenny, you know, would, and the Young Bucks would still be together. And then, who knows, if he turns heel, what does that mean for them? Do they turn as well? Do they just yeah. follow Kenny? So there's a lot of interesting stories that could be told. There might still be some dissension in between Kenny Omega and Adam Hamman Page. Yeah. Because Kenny Omega was the last one to come out and help out. He was late. He was late as hell, bro. I was he like, was, where you at, bro? Like, yeah. FDR was out there. Right. Yeah. They, they was out there for the boy. Quick. <laughs> yeah. Immediately. That's exactly what I said. I said, Kenny, you're late, man. You're too late. You're too late. Yeah. It's over with. You too just late. <laughs> yep. showed up at the case like, hey, what? Right. Why you have this cooler? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> then he tried to. This is the one where he tried to give them the beer, and then they were just, they chucked ah, it. Or yeah. they poured it on his head. Poured right? it on him. Yeah. 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 All right, well. You had that coming. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, man. It's. Um, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of. There's a lot going on with it, but there's, there's definitely potential, you know, with. Um, you know, Adam Hangman Page, and, and we're jumping around a little bit, but Adam, Adam Hangman Page and FTR, I feel like the whole Dark Order thing, it just felt like it was uh, maybe one of those one-and-done kind of situations. Like, he he made it, you know, did, did the right thing by trying to recruit, you know, a big name, cool, yeah. but then he just kind of gave up, you know, after he said no once, and, you know, we'll see. But to your point... Isn't there a card for next week, Dark Order, and Adam Hayman Page, Kenny Omega for the the titles are on the line. Is that next week? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, I think you're right. You're right. Dark Order versus uh, Adam Hayman Page and Kenny Omega. Yep, yep. Right, for maybe the they're not done. Right, yep. Maybe they dropped the titles to Dark Order, bro. Nah, they're not gonna drop the Dark Order. Sure. Really, just hundred percent. They're not losing. Those All right, man. Hey, 100%. hey, this ain't WWE. We talking about this is AEW. Yeah, but eh, I don't. I, Again, right. on <laughs> on free TV, get have this team that has just been so dominant. They're well, going to lose. It's not like they they can. Well, they could do a paid. They could do a pay per view, but around this around this climate doesn't make business sense, man. All out is around the corner. Like they're they're starting to talk about it because Britt Baker mentioned it. Like that's well, I think yeah. that's when well, she's yeah. going to make a return. Yeah. So, I, but are they going to make all out free though? Because uh, of, of this so. whole COVID, they did for Fight for the Fallen, or Fight well, for the Fallen we, Fighter, Fighter Fest. Fest. Fighter, well, yeah, Fighter Fest. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but All In and All Out, those are their big. Like right now, that's their like WrestleMania essentially. That's their their big show. So I just, I don't know. I don't know. It'll be interesting. I, I yeah. that makes me you know I, I want to dig in and, and see how they how they deal with All Out. Um, if it is going to be a, t- well, but I guess even though, like, let's say it is just on TV, yeah. let's say it's not pay-per-view still, that would be a better place for them to lose the titles, you know, than to just 
do it on a random episode of Dynamite, you know, for for this length of a title reign. It just seems like you need something special. It's like, you know, on the NXT side with Adam Cole. Like, I didn't see Adam Cole losing the titles on a regular episode of NXT. But then, you know, you call, like, Great American Bash, and I'm like, oh, shit. Like, here we go. This is <laughs> You're in a ratings war, man. That's what I'm And you're saying. in a ratings war. Yeah. Why not? Why, why not drop it to Dark Order? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. But, again, I just, I think they... You would want a little bit more build up. You want to make it more special because they've had a special run. Like I, I would come hey, on hey. here and I would be a little bit disappointed. I don't know if I would rage, but I'd just be like, just like that, like just to lose the belts like that. You know, I don't, I, I don't feel it. Like to lose to the young bucks Probably when rage, they were having their beef, and you know, you could tell like Hangman and Kenny Omega were really not on the same page. You know, so that would have made sense to me. Um, to lose to FTR, you know, with FTR's first chance at the titles, I could see that. You know, I could see them. You know, even if it was on Dynamite, I could see that because they're slowly building up FTR. So inevitably, I see FTR challenging for the titles. So it makes sense. Like if FTR were to do it, okay, the story's there. But Dark Order, they're kind of coming out of nowhere. They just tried to re- quote unquote recruit Adam Hangman Page, but they gave up right away. There's really nothing there. It just feels like I mean, best friends would have made more sense. You know, because best friends, like, actually, I would be pissed because I'm like, you should have just gave it to best friends. Like, Chuck's mom was there, man. Like, what? You, or Trent's mom was there. Yeah. Like, come on. Like, yeah. it just would have made more sense. But, um, you know, Dark Order, I think they there there is a story you could tell where they will be champions and it would make sense. But here, it just seems really like the, there's no momentum towards to, to build off of with that. You just kind of kill the momentum of the tag team I, champions. I totally hear what you're saying, but I'm not going to put that thought past AEW, man, because I've been shocked before in their promotion. Yeah, but they they love tag team wrestling. As much as they we've do. talked about well, that's true. how yeah. much care they've done with this division, I, I don't think they do anything just random like that without really feeling like, okay, there's a big payoff here. And I don't see the payoff. I just, I just don't. Yeah, that's that's a good point, you know, because you know, because they do care about tag team wrestling. Yeah, but I can't put that idea out. Cole Cabana's not even in the match, you know. Like it's not like it's yeah. Cole I think Cabana. it's Stu. I think it's just it's Stu Grayson, Grayson and, and Evil Uno. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe he'll be part of the match. Like he'll be supporting them outside. You know how they like to set up. Right that's outside. Not enough though. I mean, you're trying to to sell him that. There's success. You'll be a winner here. Like the best way to do that is he becomes a tag team champion. You know, like him and Brody Lee win the titles together, and that was the master plan, quote unquote. You know, is like we're both champions or whatever. We got more gold. You know, like that would I can kind of <laughs> see that, but I don't know. Man, you do not like the way Brody Lee handles business, man. Right you? now, no, man, no, because it's Cole <laughs> It's just and Cole Cabana, like you know him as a wrestler and him as a character. It's cool. It's fine. It's not that. It's just the amount of time we've spent on that storyline. It, it just seems like Brody Lee. He, they were building him up like this, just boss, like almost like you know my boss kind of character, right? And he just he takes no shit, no nothing. And yet this dude has been, you know, just dragging his feet. And and he, they're doing everything. They're bending over backwards for this dude, and he's just still like on the fence. Like, eh, you know, it's kind of cool, but I don't think don't he's know. on the fence, man. He's well, 
I put on the yeah, mask. Yeah. Put on yeah, the mask. Right, you're right. See, I can't. I can't. Uh, see. Put on the mask. You got to do. Everybody else does. Number yep. five did. Yeah. <laughs> ten. Ten. Brody Lee loves ten. He's yeah. wearing a mask. Yeah. Like you put on the mask. Evil Uno. He's he's or not Evil Uno. Um, Stu Grayson. He's a little different, but he's a hundred percent all in. You yeah, see he, it. Yeah, he, this dude is Dark Order. Yeah. You know, but all the rest of them, even Evil Uno, that he's wearing a mask. They're all wearing masks, so they just wear the mask. Put it on. Come on, Colt. Put it on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to switch over to NXT. Let's know? do it, man. That's <laughs> like, enough of that. Kofi yeah. Banner and Brody Lee. <laughs> let's jump. Let's switch. Let's switch gears a little bit. So that yeah. that's that's pretty much for it for AEW. But we're gonna switch live right here to NXT. And let's just jump right into it. Keith Lee's big announcement. What was your reaction to this? I was like, would have never happened with uh, Adam Cole. Oh, never happened. I did Immediately. not see you say Yeah, I would say that. It just, Adam Cole would never never let that happen. Never. He would have kept that back. for it. Yeah, you were real nice to, to, <laughs> to Keith Lee, and you were okay with Adam Cole real humble. And now <laughs> you're back to defending your boy, Adam Cole. This had nothing to do with Adam Cole, but you found a way to bring in a way to Put over Adam Cole some more. Hey, I got, I'm not mad at you. Go ahead, man. Have your have your moment. <laughs> you know, cause it just it would just never never happen, man. Like, really? It just, you you've been for you did you've been double champion for about two weeks and you gotta drop the title. We couldn't get one double champ title defense. He had one. Against oh, well, well, yeah, Dodger Kovac, but yeah, Dodger Kovac. <laughs> We've That's seen that. But we've One of the seen, greatest matchups he's ever had. Maybe the greatest yeah. matchup he's ever had. Yeah. Yeah. He's selfless. You know, he cares. I, I wanted, he wants man, opportunity. You couldn't give me a couple weeks. A couple. I'm saying a couple. Like, all right, maybe just a random somebody who just thinks they deserve a chance and you just give them that. Just give me a couple weeks. That's all I wanted before we head to Karrion Cross. Yeah, I I mean, well, keep going. I mean, is that is that your final thought on that? Like, yeah, that's my final just, thought on the him relinqu- relinquishing okay. North American title. I mean, I, I actually liked it. I was okay with it. I, I liked know it be- you was. I, know. I liked it because... Hit you in the good feels, I bet. Well, yeah, because he's the way he described it, too, he's like, look, you know, I've, I've always been, a, you know, I'm about opportunity. He wants this to be an opportunity. He doesn't want to take this opportunity away from someone else because he used that opportunity that is the North American Championship to get to where he is. So I'm like, okay, that makes sense. And to be honest with you, the double champion thing, it's cool at first. But at a, like right when he came out and he was celebrating in, in the back of my mind, I was saying, you know what? As cool of a sight as this is, man, this is going to suck for all the other wrestlers. And I kind of was like, I, I almost wanted him to do this even before he did it so that somebody else can have gold. Because it just seems like one person holding both belts, like it, it does take away that opportunity for someone else to shine. So for me, you know, it's like it's cool to have that match initially. Like, whenever in WWE they would do the Undisputed Championship, right? Yeah. Like, right now it'd be like having Braun versus versus Drew. Like, it's cool to have that match and to have one of them win, but I don't like the idea of... Just having one title. One title. I, I love it that there's two and that both of them have an opportunity to shine and be the man. 
Like that to me is is fun. It's more fun. It's more you know, it, and it just gives people more people an opportunity to shine. So I think that that this decision, it one made Keith Lee look like this the selfless person who cares about NXT on a whole, yeah. and two just for all of the other wrestlers now. Yeah, there's we get a tournament. Cool, you know what I'm saying? Like even though it's triple threat, but yeah, still triple we threat get a tournament. Yeah, just, but we get a tournament. So I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm real crazy ideas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have an idea. That's an excellent idea, Keith Lee. And that gave me a great idea. It's triple, it'd be a series of triple triple fight. I'm like, triple threat matches? Wow. Yeah. And the next one for next week is going to be exciting. Yeah, that one's cool. That one's what? It's uh, Dexter, Loomis, Thatcher, and, and the Prince. Yes. Dude, I'm early prediction. Finn Balor's winning this whole thing. Oh, hell. Tell you right now. He's talking this shit already, man. Yeah. He already claimed it, man. He's exactly. like, the North America's going, finally going to get the Finn Balor rub. I'm the like, Finn well, Balor rub. Yes. He, he said, said it. I'm like, oh, it's Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, he's 100% right. Like, because, I mean, and then let's, let's, let's be real. The North American Championship, it's, it's actually been, you know, in great hands. You know, like, we had Adam Cole have it. Keith Lee just had it. So now, yeah, if you have Finn Balor have it, man, like, the the people that hold that title, it's it's a pretty prestigious title already, man. So it is. Um, for Finn to get it, that that would be huge. And then now, you know, the wheels are spinning in my head. If we can get Walter's travel situation figured out, for Walter, the UK champion, to go against Finn Balor, the NXT North American champion, okay, I'm I'm. It just adds a little bit more hype to that matchup. So yeah, yeah man. That would, and I wish they would do that because there is a rumor that NXT UK is possibly might be ending uh, soon because of the whole, you know, COVID-19, which will suck, you know. That sucks. Yeah, it will suck big that time. That sucks. Yep. Damn. Yep, definitely sucks, man. So, uh, well, hopefully I do that like that idea, though. Yeah, hopefully that doesn't that doesn't uh, that's not the way it goes, and hopefully they they can figure stuff out for them. Because man, the NXT UK crowd itself just makes that show, and any takeover that they've had, oh my god, just like listeners, if you have not seen an NXT takeover UK, oh my god, just do yourself a favor, go on the network, check it out. It's amazing, amazing. Just, the chance, the atmosphere. Oh my goodness! You got a sound bar. If you got a home theater, crank it up. Just enjoy <laughs> yeah. it. Have a beer with your friend and just like uh, this is wrestling. This yeah. is wrestling. <laughs> the next one was gonna be um, in Ireland. Ireland, right? yes. I guess Finn and Walt. Finn in Ireland. Oh my god, god that would have been crazy. Never happened. Never. Yeah. I'm tired of these teases, man. Like yeah. teases, man. Remember that that one tease, Braun and and uh, Samoa Joe. Yeah, yeah. Ah, I will. It sucks. Um, what do you think about the first qualifying match? The Gargano, Roderick Strong, and Bronson Reed, Thick Boy, Thick Boy. Surprise, surprise with the end result. When when I saw who was competing, I'm like, oh, clearly, Johnny Gargano. No questions asked. Bam. It's, it's been decided. But, you know, uh, how the match went was great. I loved it. Uh, very, uh, very violent. And very, uh, I like how Bronson Reed showing too. And then Bronson Reed got the surprise win. I was surprised. I was shocked. I was kind of just a little confused by it too as well. Because I thought 
you know, John Gargano is going to take this all the way, not to all the way to the end, but maybe he'll meet Finn Balor because I thought they was on a collision course. Mm. Yeah, I, I actually thought Bronson Reed was going to win because really? he was the one guy. Yeah, he, he just he stood out that he had never he's, – he's the dark horse. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Gargano and Roderick Strong had both been North American champion, and they would both have technically been wrestling for their second title reign. And, you know, you got Bronson Reed who they've been kind of quietly – pushing him and, and trying to put him over, you know, little by little on, on NXT. So with him being in this matchup, it kind of, it stood out as like, huh, Bronson Reed, really? And then I'm thinking about it, I'm like, well, I mean, if you're going to put him in this matchup, like, the best way, if you're trying to really push him, is have him win. Have him beat Johnny Gargano and Roderick Strong. Yeah. Um, you know, and he looked great. Again, just yeah. the, the, the powerhouse that he is, the athleticism that he has. I mean, it's kind of like a little reminiscent of Keith Lee in a way, too. You know, he doesn't have the same charisma, but he definitely has, like, a similar in terms of this, like, being a big, agile guy. So I was thinking of him. I'm like, man, he actually looked like – it's funny how he calls himself Thick Boy because he reminds me of a thick Roman Reigns. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. That's funny. I mean, just that – because is he Samoan? I, he, I don't know. He looks close to it. Because he's from Australia, right? He is. He, is like he has that accent. But, yeah. like, I wonder, hmm, that'd be, that's interesting. Just, like, his background, if he has, like, a Samoan connection at all. Because, yeah, I mean, if he does, that's just another. Man, WWE loves just the, the Islanders. So, I if do. he has that, that's just another feather in his cap for sure with them. <laughs> Um, but yeah, man, I, I love the matchup. I think, and I love the pick to have Bronson Reed win. I think it's great because again, it's a great way to put him over. Um, you know, just just having him beat two bona fide, you know, superstars on on NXT. Um, yeah, it was great. Um, Johnny Gargano. I mean, he looked great in the match. Roddy Roddy looked great, but yeah, it just it it made sense to me. It made sense that Bronson Reed did it. But to your point, I am wondering when are we going to see Balor Gargano 2 yeah. if not now when yeah cuz i thought it would be using you know this this tournament style and they'll just have a collision course headed for getting the north american belt but i guess not man so i don't know when my your guess is as good as mine now yeah it, it'll it'll be interesting to see how they they go about that because he mentioned him he mentioned Finn Balor he didn't he's not forgetting what Finn Balor did maybe you know and I I would hate if Gargano did this because you know I, I want to see Finn win this title but um maybe Gargano costs him this matchup next week you know and and keeps Finn from making it to the finals or making oh, it to the next bro round. that would suck you know what I'm saying? Like, I would hate it. I would hate to but, see that but happen. You know what? But you got to think about it, man. Now, I, I was thinking about this, too. Like, Thick Boy is in this. I'm like, are they thinking about using this title to push the future now for NXT? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, so so with, so with if, if Johnny Gargano interferes with the match, eliminates Balor, does Timothy Thatcher gets to go get the green light now? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, that's what made me rethink my pick now, man. Yeah, I, I'm i going to stick with Finn Balor just because right off the top of my head when I saw it, it just makes sense. But yeah. I wouldn't be surprised completely now since we've talked about it that, you know, if if they want to go a different direction, like you said, look at the future a little bit. 
um, to have one of these other guys, whether it be Bronson Reed or Thatcher, you know, or Dexter Loomis even. Yeah. The person Dexter to, Loomis. to pull this yeah. off. Because, yep. man, like, because are, are they going to treat it how the IC title used to be back in the day? Like, you knew, all right, this is the man next in line for maybe possibly being featured NXT champion. Yeah, we'll see, man. I don't know. Uh, like I said, that like Keith Lee said, I mean, it's an opportunity that helped him get the yeah. championship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it yeah. could be. Uh, yeah, yeah. It could be. Um, Speaking of Timothy here. Thatcher, uh-huh. what did you think of the the uh, back-to-back matches? Because it, 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 it was back-to-back, right? Uh, Orny Lorcan and Timothy Thatcher? Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, Timothy Thatcher's last matchup, I believe, was still Oni Lorcan. So I think a week or so had passed in between the two matches. But because um, it was Great American Bash that they fought the first yep. time. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, it's basically it's basically back to back, at least for Thatcher. Um, I think that it's it's a it's a good pairing of hard hitting stiff workers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just from a story perspective. It's it's the only thing interesting about it is okay how hard are they going to hit each other how gruesome is this all going to look how much am I going to cringe because you know they're bending their their limbs in ways that like it's just uncomfortable to watch like that's cool but you know in terms of beyond that like story wise I it, there's nothing there between the two of them you know and and you know for me it's it's cool to watch it for like a one and done but now they've done it twice. You know, you I know don't know. We're getting a third. I'm, I'm sure we're getting a third. But like, you surprised me with that statement saying you didn't sense a story. Like, you didn't sense a, even a competitive element in there. No, I mean, in ring, there's again, there's a story being told of them. You know, kind of being very similar in the way that they fight. Yeah. And one upping each other with you know who can be the more physical, the more technical of the two. Mm-hmm. You know, and I get that, but. I don't know. I just I look at Timothy Thatcher is the 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 superior of the two when it comes to that. Like he's oh, yeah. he's just a step above Oni Lorkin. You know, it's like if if you know Oni Lorkin is everything that Oni Lorkin does, Timothy Thatcher does it better. Period. Like it's just what it is. But Oni Lorkin also can do it, so it becomes interesting to watch because they're so similar. But I don't know. It's just and when I say story, I mean like beyond that, there's there's not um. I guess I want it to be a little bit more personal, you know, between the two of them. Like, hear more of, you know, what drives them and what what beef they would have versus it just being like, hey, we're similar styles of wrestlers, you know? Like, that's cool, but what else, you know? Like, it's just, it, that kind of dies out after a while, so, yeah. Okay. All right. Because uh, I was just trying to figure out the, the reasoning of why you say you didn't sense a story, but with, with me, Timothy... The Timothy Thatcher and Orny Lorcan, what what I like what was was the physical element of the match, the the violent nature of of the submissions, the grappling. I like the grappling. Uh, man, dude, that dude makes some really ugly faces. By the way, Timothy Thatcher, <laughs> it's enough to kill your mood for the night, for your evening with your woman or your partner. It's like, oh, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Timothy Thatcher, man. I, now to go beyond that, I don't know. I think maybe it just works within his wheelhouse, you know, because of Orny Lorcan, because he's just like him. Like to your point, he's just 
he's just one step above him. Maybe that works for me because it's something somebody could wrestle just like him. But yeah, if he was to do it with somebody else, I don't know, man. Because he had that match with Matt Riddle, but it didn't get interesting until they did that fight pit match. Right. Which is still more of his element. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I'll compare it to Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic. Mm-hmm. There were there are two guys who were doing some the similar type of thing where they're, they're more agile and they're doing things guys their size typically don't do. And they're both similar in that. I mean, Keith Lee could do everything Dominic could do, but just a little bit better, similar to how Thatcher is a little bit better than Oni Lorcan. But it was interesting because both of them are just like, it's amazing to watch these two big guys do what they do. And at first, you know, that was a story. But also, too, they had a history. They did. You know, like even before, you know, they got to NXT, they had wrestled each other and they showed that. promotions, yeah. Right. And there was this budding rivalry. I'm like, okay. And that kind of got made it a little bit more interesting. Whereas with Thatcher and only Lorcan, we're only getting the in-ring story and maybe there isn't that same backstory where they wrestled each other before they got to nxt so it had to be something different but you know i think that's that's kind of what i'm missing is you know that personal you know rivalry kind of being built well, yeah in another way you know like trying to figure out maybe, what drive them you said right right or or another thing too that could be cool is when timothy thatcher is doing his 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 classes Right. If only Lorcan were to butt into one of the classes, <laughs> right? I would love to see how that would be. You know what I'm saying? Like just have him so kind of interrupt. Yeah. Interrupt man's class. Like right. that's not how you do a submission. We're teaching these guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like Adam Cole showing up to Johnny Carlos uh, wrestling yeah. school. Uh, you know, like, all right guys, you need a new teacher. Like this dude, dude right here. You know what? I will, I I I wouldn't even be surprised if I saw that shit now because just just because you mentioned that right now I wouldn't even be surprised if the next Thatch is Thatch can wrestling if we see that Let only Lorca shows up dude let's let's pin that down right <laughs> I, I, let's make it happen like that to me I think there could be some real humor in that yeah. too oh it just, could most just him it's just interrupting his class <laughs> and Timothy Thatcher's look like what the hell are you doing here and you know he's trying to show them moves and <laughs> what like, if they go against each class. other but they're using he's using his uh, classmates so he he's putting on a submission more harder than he is oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> and the classmates are just getting destroyed, right. but both of them are trying right, to all the moves. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, there, there's something there. So right there, I think that that could be, you know, just a little bit more entertaining, and then just a more interesting story. Just adding that extra personal element to it, you know, I think that'd be real cool. Um, all right, let's uh, let's move to Karrion Cross and Dominic Dijakovic. Yeah. So this this main event matchup that we had. What'd you think of this? I loved it. <laughs> I I love it. First of all, I can never get enough of the Karrion Cross entrance. Yes, yeah, I freaking love it. Him and Scarlet it is a tandem that it, it cannot be done solo. It it needs that whole tandem. It works. You know, the whole mix is a perfect mix together. You know, and just hearing that the the the, the violin is a violin or guitar is a mix. How it first kicks off and then the drums kick in. I just love that whole the whole <laughs> beat, that whole build up to it, man. Uh, but the match, oh my god, it 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 definitely 
seen I, I've seen Karen Cross in a different light. It first of all, Karen Cross is a dick. It, it, he <laughs> he see, he succeeded of of me hating him as a heel. So he did a good job. All right, because I, I felt for Dijakovic. You know, I, did, I, yeah. I felt for him, man. Yeah, you know when that really got me. That it emotionally did because he's got a fighting warrior, bro, and yeah. you understood that he wants to do it his way. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's on me. It's on me. Yeah, it's on me. I'm like, oh. And with Keith Lee right I'm there, like, so I can take a breather. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> take a walk outside Keith, or something. Yeah, Keith yeah. Lee wanted to get in. He's like, yeah. nope, nope. I said no. No, I said no. No. No, and then he looked at Keith Lee in the eyes like, watch this. I was like, yeah. oh, God, you dick. Yeah. But, I, uh, but I like it, though, at the same time. You bastard. Yeah. But I like it, though, man. It's 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 weird. It's like, uh, it's what I can compare to one of, one of my favorite villains in, in one of these uh, Amazon uh, originals called The Boys. Mm. Uh, Outlander. Yeah. Oh, no, not Outlander. Homelander. I'm sorry. Homelander. Homelander. Yeah. I hate him, but he's good. You know, that one spoiler alert scene, that airplane scene. Oh, and you think he's yeah. there to save everybody. <laughs> and at first it was like, you know, he accidentally killed the the killed the guy and kind of shot through the, the monitoring system and he couldn't fly it anymore. He's like, Well, that's it. What do you want me to do? I can't fly everybody else one at a time. They're done. I'm like, this dick, are you kidding me? And I felt like that for Karrion Cross, man. It was like the same exact feeling you know when he was just choking him out and you know and, and you know Tadja Kovac is tough man that was a, that was straight up worry he didn't tap he, he took it like a G you know and you know shots hats off to him but yeah I I love the match but Karen Cross used to see it in me hating you all right you dick <laughs> <laughs> yeah man Karen Cross I mean he's he's you know a future NXT champion for sure um, I'm I'm torn by the, how fast we're we're getting the the carrying cross yeah. Keith Lee matchup because for me it's it feels like I want to see I don't want to see carrying cross lose yet but I also don't want to see Keith Lee be a transitional champion no 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 no, no. you know so it, it's it's going to be interesting to see how they they do this because there's no other match to make now the way that they're building this up. <laughs> It's clearly the two of them. There's yeah. no way Keith Lee yeah. is going to say, oh, no, I don't want Karen Cross yet at the next takeover. No, no hell no. Karen Cross took one of his Karen... guys out, too? Yeah. Just, it took, he he went in and just just destroyed Dominic Dijakovic yeah. in front of me. Nah, nah. After the week before. Watch him. Yeah. Watch this. The week before, Look. you know, the, the you know he basically said, you know, he's one of the reasons why. Keith Lee, like, he was able to get to where he is now. Like, he credited Dominic Dijakovic along with his his trainer who had passed away, you know, in just the, the NXT Brooks, universe. What's that? Tim Brooks. Tim Brooks, yes. And, you know, he credited Tim Brooks. He credited the NXT universe. He, credited, he singled out Dominic Dijakovic. And you could see their friendship on, on, on Front Street. He brought him out and, you know, he gave him the title shot. They had the match. They had the respect love. afterwards. Yep. And then a week later, you got Karen Cross. Just watch this. <laughs> it felt like um, you know the Rocky movie where Apollo Creed, get, you know, the dies Russian in the dude. ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. 
It yeah. felt like that. And you got Rocky on the outside, you know, he's Perfect like comparison. watching the whole Yeah. Perfect movie felt, sports comparison right there. Felt exactly like that. Yes. God, this is this is crazy. And he did. So, he, he he didn't look away, man. Karen Cross kept on staring at Keith Lee. Yep. When he was done, he he did not stop staring. I was like, wow, that is that man is evil. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He's just pure evil. Yes. And Scarlett could care less too. She was uh, just about her man. Like, yep, yep. great job. Just yep. <laughs> you know. Yep. I was like, damn. But you know what? I'm glad he succeeded. Of 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 me just hating him now because I like sometimes I like heels that I can I can hate and I like heels that I actually like too. But I was starting to like this heel a little bit too much. But him doing that against yeah. Dodger Kovac, all right, you did a good job, sir. You're yeah. a dick. You're <laughs> definitely a dick. You know he didn't deserve to do that. Like he could have took the count out too. Remember during the match? Yeah, he knocked oh, him he out was done him in the stairs. Yeah, kicked the steel steps the, into his head. Yes. I'm like, come on, bro. Yeah, and he then he, I'm like, all right, he's going to take the count out. And then he, he looked at the ref, and he was like, oh, shit. He t- took a step out the ring, looked at the ref again. I'm like, yep, he, he going he gonna to bring him in there. He brought him in there. So I'm like, come on, bro. This is this dude is, is done. What you doing? Right. What are you bringing him in for? Yes. We'll do more punishment? How much more punishment can you do? And he got on top of him, and Dominic Dijakovic was trying to, like, put his hand and, like, shield the yes. he, was, he was like, no, no. He kept pushing his hand yep. down like a, away from his face i was like oh my god like if this was a movie like he was getting ready to execute him like yes. getting ready to kill him yeah like i'm like what this, this what are we point. about to watch right just <laughs> man that's what keith lee came out to he's probably thinking the same thing like hold on hold on hold on, hold on. where is this going like how far is this dude this crazy karen cross who used to be called killer cross you know how far is he willing to go here what are we doing so you know man just crazy, just crazy, yeah. crazy. But I'm loving this story, man. Like now, now this this story has definitely got personal with the uh, Dijakovic element between Karrion Cross and Keith Lee, man. This is this is perfect. This is Keith Lee ne- needs to right here. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. And we, you know, I think it's it's um, it's a little early to get into a prediction for for this one because this this one's gonna be tough. You know, trying to I'm figure pretty sure out it's gonna be a takeover. What did they say? Take over 30? Is that what they call it? I th- there was a number to it. I can't remember how many takeovers it's been. If it was 30 or 20, I'm not sure. But, yeah, it's going to be at the next takeover. So, and that's, it's, it's going to be a big one. You know, that matchup right there is just, oh, boy. You know, the tension is already there. If they were going to do this this Sunday, I would be like, okay, I'm, I'm ready. You know what I'm saying? In a way, in terms of the tension and being nervous about the matchup. Yeah. I, don't like think it's, be, it's, I don't think I am ready. I'm like, I'm not well, ready. Well, <laughs> when I say that, it's like <laughs> it would work because there's so much tension there. Like, everybody would tune in. But are you ready to, to see one of them lose? Probably not. But are you ready in terms of like – or is, is – um, this feud kind of ready in terms of like it's at a boiling point. Like it's already at a boiling oh, point. Yeah. It's ready to burst. Like it, these two it happened right are there. ready to fight. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It most so, definitely. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. All right. On a lighter note, man, Robert Stone got a client. Ah, man. 
He got a couple what? of clients, bro. He got a well, couple of clients. <laughs> one for sure. One for sure. Is Killian Dane a client? I think he is. He told him to make the match. He told him to make the match with Dexter wow. Loomis. And he did it. He did it. He, he did, did it. Get the match. He, he did, did the match. Yeah. I wasn't sure about that one, but yeah, that would be that would be right. crazy. Two clients in Man. one night for Robert Stone. And you know what? Those are those are nice clients. Those like, are nice clients. Nice clients. Robert yeah. Stone brand is off to a good look, bro. <laughs> way to bounce back from looking like yes. a homeless person to getting yes. Killy Dane and Mercedes Martinez okay yes hell of a comeuppance man man Congrats. I had to bring that up man because I was seeing it, I'm like wait what is happening right now this dude is, is getting getting people man getting clients Mercedes Mar- right. Martinez she was smart to get him she was like hey listen this is what I want you just handle all that bullshit. <laughs> you don't got to deal with me. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to handle the wrestling and we cool. And right. I was like, hey, that's simple. Just take the job. <laughs> <laughs> just say yes. Right. Just say yes. Oh, man. So, hey, kudos to him for sure for getting two clients, man. Right after getting his other ankle destroyed by Shotzi Blackheart. Shout out to Shotzi Blackheart for just being awesome at everything she's doing right now. But especially this, getting back in the tank after beating what she beat. Yeah, she beat Aaliyah. And then, uh, yeah, just just ran Ran over again. again. Man, the first time was funny as hell because during the commercial break, it took like, five guys take that little tank off and i was like really i was that was hilarious bro i I was just laughing my ass off that last time man uh but man now we got mercedes mercedes martinez now i think she's gonna be one and be gonna uh it's gonna gonna have a nice rivalry with uh rhea ripley yeah uh robert stone disc is gonna come back and bite her in the ass. So. That's, that's a great point. I wasn't even thinking about that. Oh, you I bringing that, that up, yeah. it makes so much sense. Yep. It really does. <laughs> it really does. Because now you finally got somebody who, mm-hmm. yeah, Rhea Ripley's not just going to run through nah, her. She's not just like, bro. Mercedes is, is is that chick, man. She's 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 going to be able to go toe-to-toe with Rhea. Robert Stone got something to say about that. It's like, I <laughs> effed up. You had your chance. You yeah. had your chance. <laughs> yep. Yep. So I like it. I like it. I like that. Um also too, just real quick, I've been seeing some I don't uh like memes and gifts with uh Shotzi Blackheart with some of the work that she's been doing oh. on Raw. Okay. Just uh being a part of the crowd. So during uh Drew McIntyre's entrance, you know, she was like headbanging and rocking yeah. out. Oh yeah. Um I think it was I don't know if it was the New Day or who else it was, but she was dancing. It was like a big dance party going on. She was in the middle of it. Like she's really <laughs> making the most of her time oh, there being a part of the crowd, being a quote-unquote fan during Raw, and, and I think SmackDown, she's there too. So just shout-out to her for everything she's doing. And this match included, she did great in the ring. She's, you know, just just continuing this Robert Stone, you know, little feud that they've got going on with the tank. And, yeah, just making the most of opportunities. So I really, you know, I think she's being real smart about this, and I just want to I wanted to take a, a moment to put her over a little bit. Because she deserves it, man. She's doing oh, a great that's job. Great. That's what I love to hear. I said I, I hope somebody, you know, take advantage of that using NXT uh, roster for doing the Raw and SmackDown shows. I see that somebody stood out, and I'm glad you said it's her, man. Because she definitely stand out, man. She's just a ball of energy. Yeah. 
And I feel like it, it might be a missed opportunity for WWE to not have her be Ruby's partner for um, the match on Raw. Now, granted, Bianca Belair, okay, that's amazing seeing her, and she definitely should be on Raw. But there is something there, because I feel like I saw something on Instagram with Ruby and Shotzi, like, hanging out, and I'm like, you know what? I mean, the green hair, obviously, they have that in common. But also, too, just stylistically, I feel like they would be an interesting team to put together. So, you know, I don't know what's going on with the Liv Morgan situation, if, if... you know, they're actually going to put them back together or not. But if not, Shotzi Blackheart and Ruby Riot. I'm just going to throw that out here. There, I man. Like, like that. I love that. I feel like that would be a fun yeah. tag team. Because visually, that would just look money, man. They both yeah. got the tattoos, the look. Like you right. said, they both rock the green hair. And, yeah, they're, yeah. One is tall, one is short. But still, man, it, it will still work out. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So, yeah, man. But, um, yeah, just, just again, shout out to Shotzi Blackheart, man. Keep doing your thing. Um, but yeah, that pretty much covers everything that I was really excited to talk about with NXT as well. Um, so anything else you wanted to, to add in there? Yeah, man, I wanted to ask you, what did you think? Uh, it wasn't this past week, but last week, uh, NXT Women's Championship, Io Shirai and uh, Tegan Knox, man. What did you think about that? Um, I thought that the match was was very good. I didn't think that it was great. Like it went to that you know next level of being like, oh my god, this was you know amazing. Like I felt like it was it was a good matchup. Like both of them did their thing. Um, but I think because we're coming off of Great American Bash, yeah, and you know that monstrous moment with Keith Lee versus Adam Cole for everything, winner takes all, is just such a such a peak moment that the following week to follow up with another championship matchup as the main event, you know, it kind of, I almost wish that they would have waited like another week, you know, give it more time bef- between the two of them so that we could have had, you know, because, and also too, they're competing with, you know, uh, Moxley and Brian Cage on, on uh, AEW, yeah. Fire for the Fallen. Yeah. So it's just a little bit tricky having those, you know, back to back like that. But um, I thought that the matchup itself, you know, the, I have nothing negative to say about, you know, how Tegan performed or how EO performed. I think they did a, a, a very good job, you know, even a great job. But, you know, I, I stopped short of saying great. You know, I'm, I'm saying very good on purpose because I just didn't have that extra feeling of like, wow, you know, oh, my God. Like, it just it didn't have yeah. me over the top like that. You know, I just got to be honest. I love both of both wrestlers. I think they're great. We've talked about. You know, uh, Tegan being potentially the next uh, Becky Lynch, Lynch, potentially, yeah. you know. And EO, I think she's one of the Missy top Elliot wrestlers. Missy Elliott of NXT, man, is what I say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Missy Elliott of NXT, <laughs> right. So, you know, it, it's not about them. It's just, I think the moment, you know, it just kind of, for whatever reason, kind of fell a little bit short of maybe what it could have been had it been given a little bit more time to build up. Um, you know, and kind of separated away from, you know, the Keith Lee, Adam Cole matchup a little bit more. Speaking so. of time, how much time would you want a build? Because that was my issue with, you know, not the match. The match was cool. The match was good. I thought the build felt like, because the problem with the match with me was it was no, it was nowhere a point in the match that I thought Tegan Knox was going to be EO. At yeah. all, like hundred percent, right. I knew 100%. exactly. So, to me, that's why it kind of hurt the match because of that element. 
So I was like, it needs a good build for me to buy in into Tegan Knox. Like, man, there's actually a chance you could actually pull this off. And even even how good the match was, you know, between the two, there was still no chance that made me jump out of my seat. Like you like you said, it got you to that point. Like, oh man, it I thought Tegan Knox was almost about to do it, but nah, man, it it I just knew that the finish line was EO was winning. Yeah. Same. Same. And yeah, in terms of the amount of time, I mean it's hard to say. I, I'm I'm saying just at least separated a little bit more mm-hmm. from the winner takes all match that they just had. So I'm saying just another week, maybe two weeks instead of one week. But to your point, I think you make an even better point of of just building up, like taking more time and, and having a better build up, more story where we can really see like, oh, there's a chance that she could really win. You know, like. I don't know if they were to tease like maybe, you know, EO is showing up on Raw and teaming up with Oscar for some reason. Yeah. Oh, is EO maybe leaving? And that could be a reason why Tegan ends up winning. Yeah. They could mess with us a little bit there. Yeah. You know, like yep. just just like find that. a way to kind of trick us into thinking that this could happen. Because, yeah, to, to your point, I agree. There was no point in that matchup where I thought, oh, yeah, EO's going to win. They're going right. to lose. No, no, I didn't think that. So, yeah. Yeah, man, that's, that's what I thought. Like, you know, like, like I said, I thought at the end of the day, the match was cool. But, you know, it, to me, it was, it was predictable because you just knew who was going to win. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, you know, and, and again, kudos to both of them for putting on, yeah. you know, a, a strong matchup for sure. Like, they, they both perform really well. It's just that the buildup, you know, just wasn't totally there, you know, to your point. Better build, okay, the match, I think, would have felt better while you're watching it. You would have been on the edge of your seat a little bit more. And, yeah, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. So, yeah, man. All right. Well, it's, it's well. Actually, before we cut it off, any anything else? I want to make sure we we cover everything you wanted to talk about. Oh man, I think it's about that time. All right. All right. Well, then uh, before we go, man, you know the tradition. Tell the people where they can hear. Oh us. yeah, yeah. You know I, I like to do this part. It's starting to become <laughs> my favorite part now. <laughs> so if you like to get in contact with us, want to interact with us, you can always reach out to us on Instagram. That's Clark underscore street underscore wrestling and we're also available on twitter that's clark street underscore wrestling and i can't forget about tiktok the tiktok is like i said it's blowing up it's always blowing up i just recently put a clip of us uh our, going over our predictions i think talking about the Braun and uh bray wyatt swamp fight it was a good little clip in there. So just check out the TikTok at Clark underscore street underscore wrestling. And you can always listen to us on the most popular uh, podcast apps, whatever podcast app you have. If you got that anchor, use it. Hit that follow button. If you got Apple, leave a uh, review. Hit that like button. And if you got Spotify, hit that follow and hit that review too. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you like to hear on the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast. Yeah, real quick, too, I feel like uh, TikTok needs to team up with Karrion Cross and do something mm, because yeah. it's a missed opportunity. Yeah, I've mentioned that, that before. Not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Hey, TikTok blowing up, too. Right. Better get on it. <laughs> <laughs> with that said, that's going to do it for this week's episode. This recap of AEW Dynamite and NXT. 
So for Devin, I'm Hafiz. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to the Clark Street Wrestling Podcast.